0: So welcome, everyone, to another case cast uh, through St. Mary Mercy Hospital Emergency Medicine Residency. I am your host, uh, Dr. Dominique Hill, the Associate uh, Residency Program Director. And today, I have my esteemed colleague, Dr. Hope Ring, who is our Fearless Program Director. She's also um, currently Envision Diversity Chair. She's also our Senior ED Physician Director. And she's also a ABIM Oral, Bo- Oral Boards Examiner. Welcome, Dr. Ring.
1: Welcome, Dr. Hill, and thank you for having me. Well,
0: Uh, let's jump right in. So we're going to talk about a topic that you wanted to talk about today, which is resident mental health wellness. So why did you want to talk about this today, Dr. Ring? Well,
1: May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and uh, physicians are notoriously don't discuss this topic. And residents themselves, even less, would want to discuss this topic. Therefore, I really wanted to highlight mental health
0: for physicians and also for residents. Okay. And then why is this important to residents? Um, it's just look. Take, take a step back and look at the statistics. Uh, um, between
1: 1999 and 2018, there was a 35% increase in suicide rate among the general population. And then if you even take a deeper look, um, physicians versus the general population have a higher risk of suicide. There is Females have a 2 plus higher risk than the general population, and males have a 1.4 times higher risk than the general population. Those are pretty staggering numbers, and we can't ignore the fact that our colleagues or trainees are at risk. And 50% of the patients who, or physicians, I'm sorry, who commit suicide have no known mental health issue to anyone, to a colleague, to, or they didn't reach out to family, they didn't reach out to their own physicians.
0: Wow, that is Um, very scary.
1: That is very scary. So we we don't even know when our residents or physicians are at risk. And 30% of the resident physician will experience depression and depressive symptoms during residency. And a little known fact that I did not know this till I was researching more, that, this, that suicide is the second most common death for residents. So we really need to put the highlight on this, talk about it, you know, just, you know, reach out to each other about this topic and not just have it hidden as some like secret.
0: Well, Those are very, uh, very staggering and shocking statistics that you just laid out, which highlights why this is such an important topic. What is it that we can do um, in terms of solutions?
1: One of the easiest thing we can do is one, discuss it openly, you know, highlight Mental Health Awareness Month. We can also reach out to the residents, you know, making sure not just the hi, bye, how are you kind of thing, but really the detailed question, how are you doing? How was this rotation? How are you handling this difficult case? When you know they've had a difficult case, whether it's a pediatric case, which we know are really hard, but reach out, see, you know, was this hard for you? Was you know when in in Michigan we're from Michigan as you guys may or may not know, but it really becomes hard in in the winter time. Reach out to the residents of winter. And see you know how are you doing with everything else? Um, how are the rotations going? How is family life going? Um, make sure they know that you're open to have those discussions. Have a plan. Um, Within the, you know, within the hospital, what will you do or who can they reach out to um, if it's not you? Um, Make sure they have mentors um, that they can reach out, whether it's a resident mentor, an attendant mentor, be the person who talks about it as a leader or encourage people to discuss it. Set a good example Um, set good lifestyle example, how to deal with stress in a, in a productive way, whether it's exercise, whether it's meditation, um, whether it's thinking about the positive thoughts, but be Mm -hmm. that example, have those discussions. One of the things we do sometimes when I meet with the residents in our PD meeting is to have us, have the residents go around and talk about what's going well with their life and they, and what's not going well. And I've been surprised you know one or one or two times of what is going well and sometimes what's not. And then you, and then you can, you know, tell that yourself so you can have those open um,
0: discussions. Those sound like great ideas. And then also, I agree, um, doing more than uh, just kind of, asking but checking really really checking in to see how they're doing what's going on in their lives and also being watchful like for other signs like that they nonverbal cues like being maybe more withdrawn would be one thing for sure to keep an eye out for so those are some fantastic solutions uh, and just to remember too is uh,
1: if a resident isn't doing well for whatever reason there is sometimes something else going on. So if you're getting patient complaints or nurses complaints, or you see that they were always doing well on their in training exam, then you know, then you need, really need to reach out to them instead of just saying, oh, you need to improve. Da 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 da. You got this complaint. You really need to say, what's going on in your life? I remember, you know, one issue where a resident had a hard time, and uh, you know, and it's you know, you would never have known. And the, and the only thing that clued me in was, you know, this person was always on top on the entry in the exam, but there was a drop. And then when they reach out, they were having a hard time in their personal life. So if you see a change, whether it's clinical or academic or professional, really try to figure out what is causing that change instead of just starting a remediation plan or starting a you know saying you have to improve really sit down and really think about what is the cost
0: i agree sometimes you really got to go digging and kind of trying to get at the root of the matter instead of just jumping to a quick solution but try to figure out why so i I definitely agree with that so now that we've kind of discussed the solutions um how do you think covid made this worse
1: Oh, it made it worse in so many ways. Um, Isolation was the biggest thing. Um, Residents sometimes train away from family. They were quarantined um, away from their peers. Um, They had sicker patients. They have to deal with death and dying way more. Um, Financial worries, job worries, um, worried about colleagues and themselves. There were post-traumatic stress syndrome from COVID, um, worried about remembering that difficult case um, that they never had time to process. Um, They also had family members that became ill. So there are many reasons why COVID itself made, you know, the the residents a higher risk. And that's why we needed to reach out even more during this time. And they weren't meeting in groups or didactic sessions weren't meeting. So you weren't seeing each other. You weren't able to do the things that normally do to bond together as a residency.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. This This whole experience has been extremely isolating where, like you said, we usually meet every week or, for didactics in person, but that had been converted to virtual. So you don't get that in-person um, kind of interpersonal relationship. That gets strained a little bit. And, um, which I'm very grateful that we've been able to come back to in-person didactics. I really think that has really kind of boosted morale. Uh, well, do you have any closing remarks, Dr. Ring?
1: I do. One of the things I want to talk about too is why residents don't reach out. You know, um, you know, as part of the closing remark is that. They're extra. It's one extra thing they have to do. They're really busy. Mm -hmm. They have clinical work. They have uh, academic work. Their family life, and you know, one of our residents actually helped me with this because I wanted to know. I talked to them. I wanted to talk to why don't they reach out? Well, that's a big thing. Confidentiality is the biggest part to it they are afraid if they reach out this will be passed on to their hospital credentialing committee would they would that affect them getting a job and it's one of the things we need to do we need to be advocates we need to work with the government to change those rules where mental health is a big part of credentialing we need to change that and we need to be an advocate of that and not just sit back because the residents are, are worried about reaching out so they're themselves at higher risk. Um, They don't know where to go to find help. So make sure you have a robust um, program of who to go to, where to go to, costs. You know, none of this stuff is a treat. Insurance pays for some, but you know they're in a fixed salary and cost is one of the other things. And sometimes they think it's situational, and that how can someone fix the situation? You know, work is hard. People are passing away? Am I going to go talk to someone? How are they going to change that? You know, so that's their the thought process. Um, how do they make an appointment? Their schedule is so crazy. How do they make appointments with um, a provider? And when? When are they going to get the time? So the closing remark, I would have to say, is one, reach out. Make sure if the changes, you reach out <laughs> again. Um, two is make sure it's easy for them to get help. Make sure it's part of the curriculum where you talk about these things. So they know it's okay if I come and tell Dr. Ring, I'm having a hard time. She's not going to judge. My peers are not going to judge. Um, you know, make sure, and make sure that it's up the top front that make sure you give a good example of how to deal with stress and everything else in a healthy way. Um, and you know. So those will be my closing remarks.
0: Wow, you've given us a lot to think about on such an important topic, especially this month. And I agree with you. We definitely have to destigmatize mental illness. I think that also plays a role in terms of why people don't want to reach out because they are fearful that they might be judged by whether or not it's their boss, their peers, even family. So I think I agree with you. We definitely have to be better advocates for ourselves and each other moving forward.
1: Make sure that it's not look up as a weakness.
0: Correct. Correct. No? It,
1: and that's part of the thing there. We are very high functioning and we are thinking this is a weakness. I can't do it because I'm weak. It's not.
0: That is correct. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ring, for joining us on another episode of Case Cast. And thank you to all you guys out there and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hill. Have a great day. Thank you.